0: back. Put it back. So 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 those four days we look back on thirty days of life. What about eyesight? If you think about the, the, the thank Hashem, let's thank Hashem for the last thirty days of eyesight? Oh, that's a big thing. You take it for granted, right? You open your eyes at work. we say in the morning. Say it slowly. What I like to do is I put my hands over my eyes and I say care, Then I up, take my hands off my eyes and I open my eyes and I say Wow care, You know what that means? Ibrim means blind It means blind man We should feel that we were blind all night and now we just got off the, um, the operating table Man was born maybe he was blind and they found now a new operation and they're going to be able to Restore his eyesight or give him eyesight. Maybe the man, I don't know how, how old he is, whatever age he is, 10, 12, 20, 50, 60, whatever age he is, he didn't see. But now he's on the operating table. And this operation is uh, not always successful, but he's hopeful. They, they get him off the operating table and they take off the bandages one at a time, one at a time. And he doesn't know if it's going to be working or not. But now, finally, the bandages are off opened his eyes and he could see, wow, what a happiness. What a thrill. Feel it. Once in your life, feel it. Feel it once in a at least, at least once a month. How about every morning? For dream, Take so take that hand over your eyes. Don't take it for granted. And we should feel like we were blind all night. Because we were we were blinded all night. And open your eyes and say, Wow. Great to see, it's fun to see all the colors. And my eyes can focus, fixed focus, they can focus in a second. The far object, the close object, you can see unbelievable things. So, how about you see in, you see in um, stereo? See in stereo, right? Two eyes focus on, on one thing, boom, brings you into in one, in one image, focus. You try it out, you, you close one eye, you see. close the other eye, you see it with a different definition. A different uh, definition of focus so for this month looking back on our eyesight and we're going to appreciate that we have eyes to see appreciate it that's called hakara hakara means to recognize what you have you can't thank anybody for what you have if you don't think you have it you can't thank your mother for the dinner if you don't know you have it you can't thank anybody for anything you, do. you have to first make it your business to recognize what you have and then Realize how great it is, how great your eyes are, how great your ears are, how great your nose is, how great your mouth and your tongue and your, and your and your digestion is. Realize how great your fingers are and your hands are. Realize how great, first realize how great they are. Flex your hand once in a while. Now, if you're looking back on last month, take your hand and open it and close it, open it and close it, open it and close it. it, and close it. Feels good, huh? Open it and close it. You can pick up a needle with your fingers. Well, how do they do that? Shame, maybe you have fingers that are so sensitive, you can... And fingernails, you can even pick up a needle, which is a small, little, little, a little thin needle. So, so, so we have to think about those things. We have to, when we are, well, at least we're thinking about them now on Oshkodesh. For the last thirty days that we had them, and then we tell Hashem, "Thank you very much." Oh, Hashem, oh, you are thanking me? I'm going to give you another thirty days for all these things that you have. So, so that's the first idea for Oshkodesh to look back. The next idea for Oshkodesh is to is to Ask. Ask. Ask Hashem for everything you could think of for next month. Everything. Don't be shy now. Ask Him for everything, that shows that he, you know, it shows that He can do everything. See, some people say, I don't want to ask Him for too much. No, no. Ask Him for more. The more you're asking for, the more you're showing yourself and you're showing the giver that He is the source of it. That's, you know, that, that's what it means. And he's the source. Like we're going to say, uh, say Hallel coming up in Pesach for eight days. Allelu, abdeh Hashem. Hallelujah Abdeh Hashem. What does it mean, Hallelujah Abdeh Hashem? Literally means, I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant of Hashem. Of course, he took us out of Islam to be his servant. We were the servants of Paro. Now we're the servant of Hashem. So what does it mean? It means you know that Abdeh Hashem means you know he's the source of everything you have. He's the master Everything I have is coming from the source, coming from him, coming from Hashem. So that's what we're, th- we're thinking about today, especially on Rosh Chodesh, that he's the master, he can give us everything, and he's been giving us everything. So we are asking for everything that's for next month. And the last idea on Rosh Kodesh, the rabbi used to mention, was demand kapara, say musaf, it's a time for kapara. Kapara usually, uh, literally means atonement, literally. But kapara also can mean improvement. The idea in this world is been proved. to make something out of yourself. So it's certainly good you have to say, I'm sorry. But if you just say, I'm sorry, uh, it's really not not doing the job. am hatati, Abiti pashati, I'm sorry, I did it. In New York. No. The idea is more important to do asetob. Sumerah is very good, but asetob is the purpose of life. Not sumerah, not when you go upstairs and you tell Hashem, "Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't eat uh, unkosher. Very good. I didn't go uh, drive a car back Very good. I didn't uh, insult my neighbor. I didn't steal from anybody. Very good." Eh, no, What did you do? What did you do? I said, that's excellent. I said, "Tor." What did you do? Good? Any good things? You got any money in your pocket? Got any misvot in your pocket? That's what we. That's what Hashem wants to know. So over here we are thinking, certainly, and preparing for Pesach. Pesach is our great holiday. We're going to have it in two weeks. We're sitting at the Seder table, and we're going to be thinking thoughts of, of Pesach. And most of the thoughts are focused on Zechel, et Now, 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 we have to know that, really, the theme of Pesach and the theme of life are basically two themes. That we have to be focused on. One is dot, and the other one is hoda'a. First, we'll talk about hoda'a. Hoda'a means to give gratitude, thanks and praise, like we're talking about. Hoda'a. Hashem ki tov, to thank, to praise. That's why we're called Yehudim. Yehudim are the ones that thank. We're the thankers. We're the Yehudim. Yehudim is hoda'a. Hoda'a means to thank. Thank is a big thing, because, you know, thanking... It means you realize you're getting. Oh, so you're not thank- you can't thank anybody for anything if you don't think you're getting something. You wouldn't thank them for it. Now, when you thank somebody or anybody, whether it's your mother, your father, your, 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 your customer, your supplier, your friend, Hashem, anybody you're thanking also is part and parcel of humility, humility, being humbled. Because you all know when you thank it means you owe. You owe it means that you're uh, you're not Valga, you don't think it's coming to you. You mean you owe. You got a dinner from uh, your your mother, whoever, you say, thank you very much. It's not coming to you. I want to thank. I'm humbled to thank. I'm humbled in gratitude. That's the idea, by the way. I'm humbled in gratitude. And that's that's one of the big objectives in life, is to be humbled in gratitude what was his trait? anab He was most anab man in the world. He was humbled in gratitude. That's the first idea of the of the of life and of the Pesach Seder is for is thanking. When you thank, then then then, then you become a uh, that's, uh, that then you will be able to have da. Da'at means clear understanding and with Emunah. Da'at and Emunah, are impossible. Clear understanding. It's emunah, it's a, it's, a very, it, it's something that you incorporate. bina, It's not only which is which is, uh, information. Chokhmah is information. Bina is real uh, delving into information, understanding it. You can you can you can derive one thing from the other. You can understand it pretty clear, very clear. Davar mitok davar. And that is even more. That means it's mine. It's me. That's what it is. It's not, the information is not uh, an aside from me. It's not separate from me. It's not, it's not distance from me. The information is me. It becomes me. You know? It's like that could learn and learn and learn how to be patient. I'm learning how to be kind. But then when, it comes, when the acid test comes and he doesn't, he, he doesn't exhibit patience, he doesn't exhibit kindness because the information is still in his head. It's not in his gizzards. Not in his blood, not in his heart, not in his persona. Now the way to get that is to, when you learn information, is to think about that I'm learning in order to, to be me. To think about that. Now, I'm, just, I'm not learning just to learn. I'm learning in order to improve. I'm learning in order to to change. I'm, lo- I'm learning in order for it to, to assimilate is the word to assimilate that learning to becoming me. So this is what we're working on. On the whole Pesach is to, is to gain the Da'a, to get the Hoda'a, to, to, the thanks, and then to assimilate that thanks into, into action. So when, when Hashem is doing all these things for us, and we're thanking, we're noticing, we're realizing, we're aware of it, and we're thanking for it now, we want to put it into action. The Da'a, action is to, to do what He wants us to do. To Hashem's will. Say it every day. Listen carefully now. I took you out of Egypt to do what? To, uh, to, to do what? To, 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 to convocation? No. I took you out of time to go buy more new suits? No. I took you out of time to buy a new car? No. I took you out of time to, uh, to, 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 waste, to waste your time? No. I took you out of time In order to be to you, Elohim. To be to you a God means what? It means that you should be like me. Be like me. Be like me. Act like me. Learn my Torah. Have a Atob. Do what I want you to do. Hashem, what He wants us to do is, is for our benefit. He wants us to be great. And He's giving you the prescription to be great is to do mitzvot. Mitzvot will make you great. It's short and simple. The mitzvot will make you great. That's a promise. Mitzvot will make you great. Okay. So, so now, Now, the, the uh, you know, we were talking about just, uh, just quickly, we were talking about that um, incorporating to yourself. We know that the, the big mitzvah on, one of the big mitzvot on the Pesach is Matzah. Matzah is a tremendous, the uh, um, sword of Pesach. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, on the first night, you got to eat certain shivrim uh, of Matzah, to be your the And when you put that Matzah in your mouth, you, you should have certain thoughts. The thoughts, certainly number one thought is you're doing the mitzvah in the Torah. You're doing what Hashem commanded you to do. You are doing, you're trying to become, through mitzvah, you're trying to become attached to Hashem, to the word through mitzvah. You're becoming one with Hashem. So, so, so what are you doing? So when you chew that mitzvah, and you bring it down your throat, you should try to think that it's becoming part of you. The matzah is because it is. The matzah is being digested, being turned into blood, being turned into hair, being turned into skin, becoming, being, being assimilated into your body. The matzah is becoming part Not only the matzah, the emunah. The matzah is emunah. So you're putting that, not only keeping the emunah in the book, not enough to keep it in the book, Oh, first you've got to get it out of the book. First you've got to open the book. That's the Chomer. That's Chokmah. That's the Chokmah. It's in the book. Or Binah is to understand it. They understand the Emunah pretty good. What does it mean, Emunah? Emunah means loyalty. I'm loyal to Hashem. I'm loyal to the Jewish people. That's Emunah. And then daat means incorporating, doing it. Doing the Emunah. Making it part of yourself. Going out on the street. Fly on the street today. Listen for the birds. They're singing all over the place. Look at the leaves, look at the trees. Hashem is talking to you. He's saying, I'm here. You gotta look at that. He's saying I'm here. I'm here. So so we are we are uh, walking through the uh, a little bit through the uh, Pesach uh experience in the Matzah. And of course everything in Pesach is zechid. Let's see basically most of it, all of them is vota. It's It's a remembrance, a testimony. Matzah is a testimony. You have charose, You have the, the, the Haggadah. You have the four cups. Zecher, it's Yat Zecher, it's Yat All these mitzvot are to remember that Hashem, we should remember. We need to remember that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. You know, nobody ever got out of Mitzrayim, by the way. Mitzrayim was kur Habarzel. It was the iron furnace. Nobody got out of there. Even animals couldn't get out of there. You know, the Mitzrayim had a law... Couldn't take out your animals. In Mitzrayim, the they were very smart over there. They had all kinds of scientists, and they were able to to able to uh, 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 develop and raise the animals to have really great offspring. But they had a way to do it, and they they hid their secrets. so they wouldn't let they, before they let any animal, they wouldn't let any animal out of Mitzrayim just like that. They would actually extract its uterus, so they wouldn't, people wouldn't uh, other other nations would be able to copy their system and to 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 succeed in uh, in, 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 in uh, um, propagating the animals even for the good of the people, So that was also on the on the evil side of Mitzrayim. But, but to get out of Mitzrayim was uh, in fact even Yosef Sadiq, who was a viceroy of Mitzrayim, when he wanted to get out of Mitzrayim to go to go bury his father Yaakov, he had to come up with a with a with a with an, with an excuse. He had to come up with a plan, which he told he told the uh, Paro. That I, I I promised my father. Oh, you promised your father? Yeah, I promised my father that I would, that uh, that we wouldn't uh, that we wouldn't bury him uh, in Canaan. We wouldn't bury him over there. And I got I'm gonna go. Promise my father we're gonna go bury him in Eretz I Promise my father. Oh, his father died in Mitzrayim. That's right. His father died in Mitzrayim, and and he had to take his father to Eretz Marat Maqbelah, and that's what he did. But he had to come up with an excuse and let him go. But he had to get permission, actually. Now, we have to know that everything we have today is all due to Yitzhak Mishraim. Everything we got is due to that. that we got out of, out of this slavery. And again, as I say, the Mitzhak Mishraim was a, was a ruled the world, the empire of the world. They had us in, in their clutches for 210 years. And we were able to get out of the side. This was, a of course, miracle upon miracles. Hashem brought the ten plagues. And he, he killed the firstborn of the Mitzrayim. And he uh, drowned him in the sea. All these things that Hashem did in order to extract his be- his, his beloved Jewish people. That's Beni Bechori Israel. Hashem is denouncing uh, I killed you. We say it in the prayers. You killed... Their firstborn. Now, Hashem could have killed all the Mitzriim. Hashem could have killed all the boys. Now, we might have thought that Hashem should kill all the boys because you know the Mitzriim threw all the boys, the boys in the river, not the firstborn boys, all the Zakhar, all the boys he threw in the river. He killed all the Jewish boys, not the not the firstborn boys, but all the Jewish boys he killed. So you would think that Hashem would kill the boys of the Mitzri, but no, he didn't do that. He killed the Bechorim, the firstborn boys. Why? Because Hashem is trying to send us and the whole world. Forget about the world. More important us that we are the firstborn children of Hashem. matem la Hashem You're my child. You're my children. you got to feel that way. This is If you don't feel that way, you don't come to the first step of being a Jew. You have to know. A Jew has to know who he is. And he is who Hashem tells them who He is. We are the firstborn, we are the chosen people, we're the firstborn sons of, of, of Hashem. Of course, we have to, that's a responsibility. We have to act that way. We have to grow that way. We have a potential unbelievable. We have to strive to reach our potential. We have to go learn His Torah. We have to observe His Torah. And it's not just the, something we just get the, you know, get it for free. It's not for free. It's we get it, but we have to do something with it. That's for the Yisrael. That's the big message of Maqab Chorot. Hashem is uh announcing to the world and announcing to the Jewish people that we are we are his firstborn son. So that this is a tremendous message in Pesach Pesach Haggadah. Now Wanted, I wanted to tell you that uh, that we talking about Hakarata and uh, today happens to be the 35th yortzai of the passing away of my mother, Garas 35 years ago, my mother was 53 years old when she passed away, very young lady, and she raised a uh, beautiful family of uh, children and. Uh, which... which uh, propagated grandchildren and great grandchildren of, of uh, a nice beautiful uh, a multitude of family four many of them rabbanim from her family she had a big zehut from my mother that is here she was uh, uh, the leader of her family leader of our family actually she uh, watched all her children like a hawk she raised us very carefully and uh, with love certainly and um very careful who we, who our friends were, who we, uh, 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 what we were doing all the time, the time we came home, and she was very uh, vigilant on all those kinds of things. She also was a lady that on uh, Shabbat she uh, participated in the uh, Torah learning that my father always did on Shabbat and holidays, and she participated and listened and uh, would ask questions and was very interested in in, uh, in learning Torah. In that aspect. So, we are uh, dedicating this shiur today in her memory of Now, our great purpose on Pesach is to gain your mind. That's awareness. It's actually the great purpose of life, and increase emuna. So, you think when you bite into matzah, you feel like it's your your your. your for the first time, does you feel like you're leaving bondage in this Feel it. Under the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem's prophet. Now, you chew on that good matzah, let the digestive juices uh, and the thylin. You know, you have thylin in your mouth. That's digestive juices. You're already digesting the food in your mouth, even before it goes down your gullet. Even before it goes into your stomach, you're digesting it by virtue of the tylen. That's an enzyme. An enzyme that Hashem puts in you, digesting food in your mouth. It's preparing it for your stomach. But make sure to think and internalize the most important thought, which is that you are now eating emunah. Matzah, that's emunah. You're not just learning emunah, you're eating emunah. Not only learning it, and you're ingesting this strong emunah and making it part of your body, part of yourself. The name Yehudin, wait a second. You know, massage is transformed by the body into skin, hair, bone, all the other components of the body, just like other foods. It's an unbelievable thing. And, of course, the wastes are, are expelled from the body. Now, this is a nisim upon nisim. Many, many miracles to do such a thing, to, to, to keep the nutrients in it and expel the waste. Miracle of miracles. We have to show gratitude for that. You now, this is the purpose of, of, of man. Shekhen to thank. The purpose of man is can hovat holy this is the obligation of all creations. We said it yesterday in the prayers. What is the obligation? We have to praise Hashem. That's the obligation of man. That's the purpose of man. Is to Praise Hashem. Now, now, the Jews are called Yehudim. We're called by our great-grandmother, Le'ah. Hapam ode et Hashem. Now I'm going to praise Hashem, I'm going to thank Hashem. And she called his name Yehuda. This baby was called Yehuda, which we know, we are known by the name Yehudim. We are the thankers. We're the thankers. You know, you look at the name Yehuda, you take the dalet out, that's Hashem's name. vav ke. The thankers. That's, that's what a, a, a person has to be, to thank. As you said, that's part of hakaratatov, that's humility, that's humbling. Before thanking your mother or anyone, you you must realize that you received some benefit after studying it to see how good it is. And then you become to realizing how good and how much the giver thinks well of you. This will lead you to an additional love for the giver. So, you know, Hashem himself, even, you know, he's telling us everything he made and it was very good. Very, 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 very good. So that's after he made the creation after six days, he looked back, he said, I want you to know, he put it in this Torah. Of course, after every day he said, he he said, It's he took, he talk, he every day he said how good it was, except one of them. But at the end of the six days he looked back and said, Told me now if Hashem made it, certainly it's very good. So why is he telling us how good it is? Because he wants us to, he's giving us a gift. And he's telling us, a person gives a gift to his friend. You should tell him who's giving him, first of all. He shouldn't give it anonymously. And you should tell him also, let him know how good the gift is. The rabbi used to always give the uh, example. You're giving a watch. In the old days, a watch had uh, crystals. It wasn't by a battery. 17 jewels. 24 jewels, that's how a watch had. So, for well, unbreakable crystal, just have a, a sticker on there, unbreakable crystal, that the, the glass on the front is not breakable. Unbreakable glass and other accolades that the wife, the watch had. So the Rabbi would say, when you give that watch to your friend, leave those, leave those stickers on there, let them know how good it is. Let them know how good it is, why? So you should appreciate it more. So they'll like the watch even more. He'll be happy with the watch even more. Watch. I mean, any gift you give. You should be happy with it more. Don't take the stickers off. So and when he's happy with more, you're making him happier. He'll be able to thank even better. You realize he, if you got a piece of junk, how much you're going to thank for it? But if you realize you got something really valuable, something good, and you realize who it's getting it from, then he's going to be able to have Hakarat He's going to be able to thank even better. You're giving him the opportunity to exhibit and to, and to exercise and to... Show And it's also, by doing such things, you are, you are increasing love, of, love between Jews. So he's increasing love between Jews by telling them who gave the gift. So it's not a good idea. When you're giving Siddhaqah, sure, surely, you give it anonymously. You don't, put your, you don't put your name there. You shouldn't know who's getting it from. You put it by his door. You slip it in an envelope. Or whatever you want to do, put it in the Siddhaqah box. Give it to the food fund. Whatever you want to do, that's the way to do it. No question about it. You should know who you're giving it to. They should know where they're getting it from. That's when it comes through siddhaka. But other kinds of gifts which are not siddhaka. You're giving a book. Good idea to give out books. Great idea. Give a book to somebody, somebody, a friend. You're right in there. Dear Joseph, I really enjoyed this book. I hope you do too. Love, Abraham. Or regards, Abraham. And then when Joseph gets this book, he's going to say, "Whoa, this my friend Abraham, he's such a nice guy. Give me this book." Oh, every time he opens the book, he's going to have good thoughts for Abraham. He's going to love him even more because Abraham. But if a guy gives a guy a book, and he doesn't even put his name in the book, or maybe he gives it to him, he, they send it from the store. He doesn't know, you know who he, who he came from. He doesn't know who to thank. He doesn't know who to love. He doesn't know anything. So that's why it's very important to put, make the let the person know. Where it's coming from and how good it is. Now, on the Surah al we said this, this, oh, we're talking about my mother did that already. Ah, uh, okay. And, you know, you know we, we're going to have the Birkata El Anot coming up this month once we see the blossoms coming out. Now, that is a, that's all. The Birkata El is a very, very uh, beautiful Birkat. But it's also important to realize what it's what it, what it, uh, to put in your head put in your head that although this tree looked like it was dead all winter, dead, dead as a doornail, there's nothing come out of the tree. But now all of a sudden, there's blossoms coming out of that tree. So we see it's an example of that things that they look dead, that they're going you know, to resuscitate, reincarnate, come back again. So a dead person, of course, a dead person is not dead. I'm not going to tell you that. That person is not dead because the, person, the essence of a person is his soul is neshama, and that cannot be destroyed. That can, cannot, that, that's a piece of Hashem, cannot be destroyed, cannot be destroyed. So, body can, but the soul cannot. So, but, but, but we have to know, even at the, at the, at the, after Mashiach, we're going to have Tehiyat and Metim, which is a tenant of Judaism, that even the body is going to come back to this world. The body with the soul is going to be reunited, Tehiyat and just like that tree that looked dead all, all winter, now it's alive again, that body also is going to be come alive again. And my mother is that shim after uh the, after Techatimatim after Mashiach, Shia team is at the sham will merit to see my mother alive again in this world. And she'll see me, we'll see each other. It'll be a different kind of existence, not like we have over here right now. Free will, I don't know I don't think there's gonna be any free will at that particular time. But however, this is a glorious time even greater than Ulamaba. The Khayat is greater than a Why? Because there's even the senses in operation you know, uh, that you could feel it, you could touch it, smell it, see it, taste it. That's with it with a body. Ulamaba, you're all Neshama. You can't taste anything, you can't uh, touch anything, you can't do anything with a Neshama. It's, a, it's great. Nothing like it. You're sitting by, right by the Ziba Shekhinah, but the Sadikim are waiting by the pargo, they're waiting by the fence, they're looking down. Abraham Avinu is looking over the fence and he's waiting for what? He's waiting for Tachyat Hamiti, so is Moshe Rabbeinu, all the great the They're waiting for that Tachyat to, to happen. Because that is even even greater than Olam Haba. Now, and very important, I, I, I told the boys today, being that uh, it's the other side of my mother, I want to give you a tremendous lesson. My mother, as I passed away 53 years old, and the last uh, two, three weeks of her life, uh, She's was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and we visited her every single day, and we were able to tell her all kinds of things that maybe we didn't take the opportunity to tell her when she was healthy and alive, which is a shame. And I'm giving this as a message to all of you guys that have healthy mothers out there, and healthy fathers out there. Very important, while they're still healthy, while they're still healthy, wealthy, and wise, go over to your mother, don't wait, don't wait. Believe you me, don't wait. Go to your mother today today, and go tell her mom, or call her on the phone, oh, go see you. tell her mom, I want you to know something, and I, maybe I haven't told you in a long time, that how much I appreciate what you've done for me, uh, you are everything to me, you carried me for nine months, you brought me into this world, you taught me how to talk, how to walk, you you, you changed my diapers, you did everything for me, mom. And I want to tell you, I haven't told you in a while, how much I love you, mom. Tell your mother you love at least once in your life. Tell your Mom, I love you. Let it come out of you now. I love you, Mom. Tell your dad how much he's done for him. done for you. Tell him how much you love him for all the things he's done for you. And this, if you, if you just heard that today and you went and did it, it was worthwhile listening to these words today. Believe you, me. And you're doing a mitzvah to make your parents feel good. Includes what I'm telling you right now. Believe, believe you, me. Now. Getting back to Pesach, we have to know that Pesach is all the preparation. The sheibud the, the in Misraim, the, the, the servitude in Misraim was not a punishment in and of itself. It was a preparation. It was a pur habarzel. It was a preparation for the greatest day in the world. The day that Hashem prepared for 20, 2448, 2,048 years since creation, Hashem is preparing for Matan Torah. Keeping of the Torah, and and the big preparation is over here in Misraim is is the kura bazar It's the, the the smelting pot, the melting pot, the fiery furnace, furnace. Of course, Hashem also prepared us with the ten makot. Ten makot wasn't for the Mitzrayim. Hashem could have killed them in their sleep. They didn't they didn't merit having ten open miracles. Certainly not. They were wicked murderers. But ten for, what for the Jewish people. There were ten vitamin pills of they were Every makah raised us another level. Another level of closeness, of debefut, of connection to Hashem. Every level, every makah. Dam, every single one of them was the preparation for the receiving of the Torah and and, and and you have to know that that the uh, the ones that got out of Messiah were the were the most were the best ones. They were the gold, the perfect ones. They got out of Messiah. Now. Now. The holiday, our holiday is called Hagapesa. And later on it's called Hagamasot. In The beginning is called Hagapesa. So what's going on? Hagapesa refers to two things. Very important to know this. Hagapesa refers to number one, Korban Pesah. For one Pesach is the paschal sacrifice, the sheep. For one Pesach, Hashem, Hashem uh, commanded the Jewish people to take the God of the Egyptians, the sheep, tied to the bedpost, let them scream bloody murder, that the Egyptians should hear them, and we're, we are taking our lives in our hands. The Egyptians were, were, were the masters. They were the Nazis. And we're going to make them very angry to do something like that, Take their god and time to the bedpost for three days. He's, he's, screaming his, he's screaming his head off. And the gypsy said, what are you doing? You're taking out. This is what I worship. He did it. He did it. And now take a big knife and make shechita on him. Cut his throat. Slit his throat in the ritual slaughter. And now take the meat and barbecue him. Barbecue him. Can't boil him. Got a barbecue for everybody to smell the lamb chops. Smell the aroma. And all this is to show mesirut nefesh. And to show that they're will, we're willing to risk our lives. Because we know Hashem is protecting us. Not only protecting us, then; he's been protecting us for the last 3,300 years, by the way. Passover means also, we're going to get to that in a second, hopefully. That Passover means Hashem passed over and protecting his Jewish nation from the Malach HaMavet, the Mashchit. Passed over, the ones that were loyal. And it's been passing over us for 3300 years. You have to know that it's protection, protecting us. Now, now this Korban Pesach, the big message of the Korban Pesach is a tremendous message. Because, because you have to know that, that, that the humanity brought sacrifices to God or to their deities since the beginning, since Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon, first man, brought sacrifice. He brought a sacrifice to atone for his sin, Kayan Behevel, but all of them brought sacrifices. And he had Abraham Avinu, and Isaac, and Yaakov, and even the Goim all brought sacrifices uh, to their deity, maybe to their moon, to their stars, to their sun. They brought sacrifices to their idols. But one thing they all did, didn't do it. They sacrificed. They 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 burnt the whole thing up. Called koban olam. They burnt it all up. They never ate from the meat. It's sacrilegious. They wouldn't do such a thing. That was not uh, to eat from the meat of of Hashem, so to speak. They didn't do such. A, they didn't do that. That was not. That was not uh, it was a sacrilegious thing to do. Although Hashem doesn't eat meat. It's only a, it's only a symbol. Still, they didn't do the such a thing. Until until this point in time, by the Korban Pesach, Hashem commanded the Jewish people to gather together in a, in a group and sacrifice it and put it on the barbecue and eat the meat. you got to eat. And you can't leave any over. You've got to eat it up. Now, what's the idea? The idea is a tremendous idea. Hashem is making the declaration, firstly to the Jewish people, that you, Jew, are holy. And you're no less holy than a holy altar, holy mizbeach, where the meat was usually burnt up on all of it no when you put it in your mouth and you put it in your stomach and digest that meat you are true you are the holy holiness you're a holy author what an idea that's a fantastic idea you can go around the world and back you you, you might not hear that idea again but the rabbi, rabbi wrote that in his book gave that idea so when we on the on the on the table give over that idea that we're going to eat that shank bone you know what the shank why we're eating the shank bone because it's, it's a remembrance. We don't have kurban anymore. It's a remembrance of the kurban Pesach. And what's the idea of kurban Pesach? That Hashem commanded us for the first time in history. First time. That we should eat from the sacrifice. Eat the meat. First time. Why? Because He wants us to know that you are Jew. Are holy. At least as holy, maybe more than the altar which they were burning the sacrifice on, your Jewish mouth, your Jewish stomach, your Jew, your, you are, and therefore Hashem said, put that korban in your mouth and chew it and eat it, because that's what I want you to know. You are my firstborn son. You are holy, and you shouldn't forget it. You shouldn't, don't forget that. Now, focus on the second meaning of Pesach. Pesach means Passover, literally Passover. So, Passover we know that Hashem killed the firstborn of the Egyptians that night, the last night before they left Misraim, and, and, and he didn't kill the firstborn of the Jewish people. Now, this is a miracle. How did he do that? Because the, the, the Malach HaMavet, the angel of death, the Mashchid, passed over, skipped over the homes of the Jewish people, the tents. Why? What did he do that? How did he do that? Because the Jewish people, the loyal Jews, he told the Jews to get into your tent that night. The Jews didn't do anything wrong. What I had to get into the tent that, that was a commandment to Hashem. Get into the tent, put the blood on the door, put the blood of the korban pesach on the door, and get into the tents. The chachamim actually tells us that the blood was on the inside of the door, not on the outside of the door. So really, it wasn't something that for the for the, that the angel saw. On, it's on the inside of the door. He didn't see it, it's on the inside of the door. So what's going on? So the Rav bring from the you now the evening he said the jewish people not only that they had to go inside their door and close the door and lock the door gotta lock the door so what's going on over here we know that the destroyer the masjid was able to he went through the doors of the misreim and killed their firstborn If they, they could have put cement in front of the door it didn't help he went through those doors and killed the firstborn and that's so so how is closing the door of the jews gonna gonna save them how's it gonna help them to protect them from the angel of death? That's a big question. And the answer the rabbi gives is a very big answer. It's an, it's an answer for the millennium. It's an answer for the ages. Because, because how are the Jews going to be protected from the malachimah, from the, and the angel of death, from assimilation? Assimilation is the angel of death, by the way. That's an, that is an angel of death. To assimilate with goyim, to mix with goyim, to intermarry with goyim, this is assimilation of the worst kind. That's death of the worst kind, of the highest order. So now, Shem says, oh, you closing the door on what, on the culture of the mitzreim. You're closing the door on their, on their culture, on their games, on their TV, on their literature. You're closing that door. You're keeping it out of your out of your life. You're closing the on the on the of the, the culture of the Egyptians, which is a very strong culture. Not only that, so throughout the ages, when we the Jew, when the when the Orthodox Jew, closed the door the culture of his surroundings. That's why he dressed differently, maybe he spoke differently, he didn't speak their language, he was trying to separate himself. That's called havdalah. When, Ash- when the Jew made havdalah on, 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 on the mitzreem, on the, on, the, on, on the boyim, then he survived. The Jews that didn't make havdalah, that dressed like them, talked like them, went to the universities with them, maybe mingled with their women, mingled with their men, those Jews are gone. They're gone. They're not here anymore. The ones that separate Hashem, those are the ones that the Malach HaMavet skipped over their homes. Just look around you today. The ones that have your Pesach said there, you have Jewish, beautiful Jews, they're the ones that keep out the culture as much as possible, as much as possible. We don't want their culture. Their culture stinks. It's poison. It's nothing. It's zero. We have a whole culture of Torah. We have a culture of Gemara. We have a culture of Chachamim. We have a culture of Sadiqim. We, need, we don't need their culture. I'm not about science you could have mathematics is fine. That's not culture. Culture is literature and uh, movies and uh, and plays and TVs and sports is a culture today. Sports became sports is a culture. People are following sports and they, they, they become it becomes a big part of their lives. Following their teams and all that. A lot of people seems benign. You know, it's a culture of sports. The culture of of of, of the goyim. Identifying with the Goyim. Now, we're the only empire that's lasted. Only, I'm not an empire. We're we're a race that's lasted all these years, 3,300 years, actually 4,000 years since Abraham of Because we've kept, the ones that kept the culture out lasted. The other ones, they're gone by the wind. Now, what I'd like to do is. Read a little bit to you from, from Miller's words on the, on the Haggadah. Very interesting stuff. I think you'll like it. And you can hear him talking. And he says like this, Kadesh, Kadesh, Urchaz, Kadesh. That's how we start. He says, that, obey the rabbi, we begin to say that with Kiddush. Kiddush. Therefore, let's consider for a moment, what's the function of Kiddush? When we talk about Kiddush for Shabbat, it's hinted in the words. Zachor. Zachor Yom Shabbat. It's only, it is not only remember, but mention Shabbat day. So it's a proclamation. It tells us how important it is to make important things emphasized to us and to others. Now, that now that Yom Tov is beginning, Pesach is Yom Tov, we proclaim it by Kiddush. What is more important than the lessons that we are going to learn tonight in the Pesach night Seder and all the important functions of Pesach? Therefore, when we make Kiddush, we pick up the course Yeshuot. Esa, a cup of wine, and we proclaim to ourselves and to the world and to all the future generations, that now begins the very great event of Pesach. That's what Kiddush means. We're starting Pesach. Of course, we're not doing a favor to anybody but ourselves. Therefore, we thank Hashem that He gave us the opportunity. Baruch. Atah Hashem. We start out. Of course, the fact that we're able to perform the function of Pesach is such a big achievement for ourselves, such a big merit, and a big privilege. We're so happy that you can pick up the cup of wine. Call raise that cup. Wine in a cup is a symbol of happiness, of victory, pride, and glory, and joy. And we show how we are full of simha. And now we're able to make the proclamation of Pesach. That's how we should make the dish. And we go further and we say, Baruch, Ata Hashem, with Timan, We thank Hashem that we made it to this point in time. It's so important from time to time to remind yourself how good it is to be alive. Oh, isn't it a tragedy that people spend their lives thinking about what's going to be? Someday I'll be rich. Someday I'll be successful. We're rich right now. To be alive is an extremely great happiness. And therefore, from time to time, we make a Beracha She'echiyanu, that he made us, granted us life. He gave us life to this day. Just stop and think of the fun of being alive. Isn't it a pleasure to be able to see and to breathe or to live, to think? That's happiness, not one form of happiness, but many forms of happiness. Now, I know that's a clear idea to you people, but wake up and live, and we remind ourselves once in a while, and the best time to remind yourself is when you're about to sit down with your family at the Pesach Seder, and you're about to perform the very great Mizvah of the Haggadah, and all the other mitzvot of this night. But it's not merely because of the mitzvah alone. It's the joy of being alive, shechiyanu, And this joy, of course, contributes to the simha, sheil mitzvah. So let's think about that when we say the shechiyanu on Pesach. Now, karpas. So we washed our hands and now we dip. Now the question is, why do we dip? It's, it's, it's asked in the Haggadah, Manishtana, ishtana? And no answer is given on the karpas. There's no answer to give. Check it out. No answer is given on the kafas why we dip. Now we'll explain why we dip. You'll find answers to everything else in the Haggadah. Indirectly, sometimes directly, but for dipping, there's not even a remez, a hint, in the entire Haggadah why we dip. And the answer is, we dip in order that the children should ask why we dip. You got that? We're dipping with no answer in the Haggadah in order that the children should say, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, why do we dip? There's no answer over here. In this era, the most it is of the most importance to realize the relationship of the father and the sons. They were accustomed to the concept of institutions that teach Torah to the youth, but actually, that's an innovation. In the days of old, there was no institution. The home was the institution where the father transmitted all the traditions to his sons. There were no Be't schools. In every Jewish house, the mother transmitted all the traditions to her daughter. It was only in the days of the Second Temple that When they saw that the old discipline was breaking down, that they invented schools for children. I believe it's was Yeshua ben Gamla. It wasn't necessarily the most happy accomplishment, but it was something that was essential. And it became one of the mainstays of Jewish existence, schools where youth were trained. Now, but now on Pesach night, we go back to the old system where the father is transmitting all the traditions to his children, but the children must be in the mood, and they have to ask the father. How important it is that the son should ask. That's why asking the four kushot, four questions, is such an important ceremony. Of course, the boy asks the four kushot. He already he knows all the answers. He's an educated little boy. He learns Torah already. Sometimes he learns Gemara already. But it's the attitude of asking that's important. The son has to ask his father, and then the father sees fertile ground to plant seeds of understanding. Once you ask then you're willing to listen. It's so important to be a listener. Children who listen are the ones who are the disciples who receive the history, and the father himself received from his father, that the father never received from Therefore, we incite their curiosity by dipping, and the child will soon ask, why do you dip? Ah, my child, you're a wise child, and you know, and you want to know, the sign of a wise person is he who seeks information. It's called the Mabakesh. Not a man who knows. You may know you may know and not be wise, but the one who seeks and loves wisdom, he wants to know. That's a wise person. Therefore, now the child is ready to hear. Yahats, we're going to cut the matzah. In the beginning of the that we make yahats. We break the api, future apikoman into two parts. The smaller part you leave on the table, and the bigger part to put away is called safun, it's concealed. That's a remez, that the smaller part, of our efforts should be devoted to our lives in Ulam Hazir. The smaller part, which is left out on the table. The smaller part of our effort should be devoted to our Ulam Hazir life. And the bigger part of your effort should be devoted to Ulam Abba life, which is concealed. That's Sufun, so cool. it's concealed. That's the world to come. And there's one Magid that once remarked the poor father who tries to put away some of his time for Ulam Abba. He tries to put away some of his time for Ulam Abba. His children come and demand extra things. That they want to spend money on. And he has to give away more of his life. And so they take away the Afi Kuman from him because they want Olam Hazeh. Actually, we're not going to eat the second part in Olam Abba. We eat it in Olam Hazeh. When we eat it, eventually we should have in mind that we're now reminding ourselves that the Olam is a prostor. This world is only a vestibule, it's a lobby before Olam Abba. Pay yourself in the lobby in order you should be able to come into the banquet hall. So whatever you do in this world, you have to know it's a preparation for the greater career that awaits you in the next world. Now we mention the four man's bread. <speaking in Hebrew> so this means the bread of affliction. Now matzah actually has two open significances that the Torah mentions. One is oni. <speaking in Hebrew> We have to remember that once we lived in affliction in Risaim, when a person is living happily, now he should look back on the times that when he suffered. You shouldn't forget that once he didn't have all these things. And so it's important that when you're leaning at the side of the table, you have to remember there was a time when we were driven by the lashes of Paro, overseers to work, heavy labor. Never forget that. And don't think because it happened a long time ago that now you can think about other things. No, never forget that. That's gratitude of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Never forget that once we suffered affliction, we didn't suffer for one year. It was a long time. And so when you sit down at the Seder, or even whenever you sit and eat matzah during Pesach, you should remind yourself that this is the memorial of the great chesed, of kindliness of Hashem, of Hashem that He delivered us, Nibet. Abadim. Now, Yitzhak Mitzrayim is a separate subject altogether. Nibet Abadim is a different subject. Took us out of Bet Abadim, the house of bondage. That's a, very important, that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Bet Abadim, that's one subject. And now we pick up the Matzot, and we'll end with this. Pick up the Matzot, and we say, halach this is the bread of affliction. Now we're learning something new about Matzot, but the Torah tells us openly, Oni," it's a bread of affliction. So now we see Matzah as a reminder of our, of our stay in Mitzah. Not only remind us of the bread of affliction that we were suffering, to remind us of the 2010 years, years that we stayed in Mitzrayim. Now, the bread of affliction is a fundamental part of the greatness of Am Yisrael. When we look back on our history and say, what was the great success, the great happiness of that era? So everyone will agree that coming out of Egypt, Yisrael Mitzrayim, we're redeemed from Egypt, that's an era. The greatest success was the persecution. That reminds us we just had Purim. You know what the greatest success in Purim was? Now, people will say, well, the fact that uh, we were saved from Haman, that he hung on the tree that Mordecai got the ring on his finger, that, uh, we were, that we killed all those goyim that tried to kill us. No, the greatest success was that Haman had us in the palm of his hand and that we made teshubah and that we, and that we came back to Hashem and we made it en masse, we fasted, and we made teshubah. That was the great success of Purim. Over here also, the great success of Mitzrayim wasn't that we got out of Mitzrayim, that we were transformed in Mitzrayim. It's like a blacksmith banging with his ha- hammer and he's making the piece of metal stronger and stronger. So for 210 years, we lived amongst the Gentiles. We were a mi- minority uh, with them. But we were little shepherd people among the wealthy, cultured urban civilization. You know, the Egyptians were wealthy and powerful. The Israelites at first were treated very well. They, didn't have any, they had every reason to assimilate, but they didn't. They didn't intermarry. It didn't happen. The Jews took Gentile wives in Egypt? No didn't happen. It didn't happen. A remarkable thing, imagine in America, 210 years, what would have happened to those families? What would have to them? They would have been long forgotten. They wouldn't remember that they were Jews. But they didn't forget for one minute in the time. They kept up the traditions of their forefathers. They knew everything that was said to Abraham, Abraham, Yitzhak Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu, when he spoke to Hashem. They Abraham So therefore, when we look back on these 210 years, we shouldn't think that we were taught anywhere, that were anytime. Worthy, and the Hashem got fed up with them. This was a time of the most glorious success in the entire history of the Jewish people, the time they were in Egypt. And those that came out of Messiah were sifted, they were chosen. Only the best were allowed to come out. But those who those who perished, they would, those who perished, you have to know, were excellent. But they weren't good enough to get them Matan Taurat. So also we have to, Hashem is always sifting. And in America, he's sifting as well. So as the rabbi always said, he's looking for the gold. And you, all you beautiful Jews out there, stay on top of the sifter. and Go out and enjoy the beautiful spring day today. And think that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Have a great day.